it was harder for me to work out what I should preach on. I, I sat down this, this week and sort of said, what, I, what does God want me to share at Roeville? Now, I've been preaching for years, too many years to think about. My first sermon, I remember, was at Blackburn North when I was just a youth person and the youth pastor there, who's now, it's now New Hope for those who are new to the area, um, and, and the youth pastor said, do you want to preach at a youth service? I said, sure. And then I went home and went, what did I say yes for? <laughs> and I, I preached that sermon to the bathroom mirror about 30 times during that, during that uh, period leading up to it. And I took to the pulpit three words. They were my sermon notes. On a five by three card, three words, my three points. Good Baptist sermon, three points. The youth pastor asked to see my sermon notes before I went up to preach and I showed him my card and he told me later that he went and prepared a sermon because he thought I'd go for about five minutes. Um, but I just gave this speech word for word that I had practised in, in, my, in my head. And, and from that beginning I, I sort of continue to try and work out what, what does God want me to say and uh, I, I, I prepared, a, well, I didn't prepare, I sort of tweak messages these days, I don't very rarely prepare from scratch but I tweak messages um, that I've preached and said what does Roeville need to hear and I, I think I tweaked about four messages um, for Roeville this week, um, just really not sure and even on the way down I'm going oh, what does God want me to share and then during the, the worship, as God always does, you know, he sort of says stuff to you and he goes, I go, why didn't you tell me that on Monday, you know? That would have been better. Um, so you're going to get three for one today, but it won't take three sermons. But anyway, I just want to say, I wasn't going to share this, but we sang earlier um, the 23rd Psalm. And, uh, and I just want to say, I don't know if someone needs to hear this, but that last verse of the 23rd Psalm just so resonates with me over the last few years where it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. And I, and I was preaching on that years and years ago and I, and I was studying that word follow. And uh, it's not, you know, absently minded following you down the street. That word follow has this inherent to pursue, to overcome. A bit like some of you might have experienced when blue and red lights flash behind you, you know. Um, that's the ambulance I'm talking about, not the porch. <laughs> you know, they, they're pursuing you to overcome, to take over you. And that's what God does to us. And I just wonder if there's people, if someone here needs to hear that, that God, you might feel God's just sort of this, just sort of watching from afar, but he's actually pursuing you to overcome, to to engulf you with his grace and his mercy if you're willing just to be still long enough to let him overcome you. Um, that's my first sermon that I wasn't even planning, but I just felt like I had to share that. If you want to, we'll, we'll get to the, the two sermons I'm going to share. The, the, there's one sermon right in the middle that I'll probably get to. We'll see how we go. You, you, preachers always over-promise, you know. They always promise they're going to finish and they never do. You know, so. Genesis 3. Let's, uh, let's read from God's word. Joe, Joe asked me this morning, are you going to teach us something Christian? I go, well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so, I'm going to the word, Joe. I'm going to the word. Is that all right? That's good. 
Let me read you the first 10 verses of Genesis 3 and we're not going where you might think we might go with this passage. Now the serpent was more crafty than all of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, You may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that it does light the path before us. Father, may we we have ears today to hear what you have to say to each one of us. And may we have the courage and the strength to follow through and to act that out. In Jesus' name, Amen. When someone asks you a question and they know the answer, you know they're trying to teach you something. You know, and some, and often in the Bible here there's some really dumb questions and dumb statements. You know, like, with all due respect, God, you know, like, Jesus going up to the blind man, what can I do for you? He's the miracle worker. He's the healer. This person's been blind since birth and he's calling out on the side of the road, son of David, have mercy on me. What can I do for you? Dumb question. But he wants to teach him something. In this passage, there's a pretty dumb question God asks. His God who created the universe, who sees everything, knows everything, comes to their daily walk in the garden with Adam and Eve and they're not to be found. They're not to be seen. And God asks a question. What have you done? Oh no, he didn't ask that. Why did you do that? Didn't ask that. Where are you? Now God who knows everything, sees everything is not going to be struggling to find Adam and Eve when they're hiding behind a bush. It's not that complex, you know. It's pretty simple. But God asks the question. Not the question you and I would ask of people. We would, we would ask a totally different question. How stupid are you? 
Why would you do such a thing? One rule. Only one rule in the whole Garden of Eden. That's all you have to worry about. One rule and you messed it up. But God comes with, where are you? And I think when we answer us, when we honestly answer that question, it actually feeds into all the other questions. I've been, I'm preaching at my home church on Sunday, and uh, this coming Sunday, and I've been preparing a, a new message. I was just saying in the foyer, when you've been the senior pastor for 22 years, and they invite you back, they've heard all your messages. You've got to do a new one. You can't just tweak one because they've remembered every message you've preached in 22 years and they've acted on it. I know that. I don't need to do it again. I've preached it once. You know. So, so I've, been, I've, been, and I've been thinking, what, what, do I, what do I share? And, and one, of my passion, one of my life passions has been youth and young adults. And, uh, and, and I want to talk about the passing of the baton and I want to, and here's the second message that you're going to get. But anyway, it's going to be very short. And, 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 I, and I, I imagine this relay race where us, us, us oldies, and an oldie is anyone who is older than somebody else, <laughs> let me just say. So, young adult, you're an oldie to somebody, running along with a baton ready to pass it to somebody else. And, and, if, and I've watched relay race, you know, baton changeovers you know, for way too long on YouTube this week, um, just watching them. And they are sprinting as they're passing this baton, slapping it into their hands and then cheering them on, going, go, 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 and the other person just runs off. But but I think sometimes in, in, in Christian world, we sort of passing the baton of, of, of ministry or of, of whatever, and we just go, there you go, good luck, and start walking the other way, not even interested. And, and sometimes the person here is going, oh yeah, I suppose I'll take it. And, and that's not the image. And when you ask, where are you? Where are you planted? I, I, on the drive down I reflected. I was the youth pastor here, yeah. I came with my wife to this church. I was at Bible college and I said to her, because she knew some people in this, in this church, um, I said, we're just going to sit. I need to just finish my studies. We're just going to sit. I've been involved in youth for a long time. I just need to sit. And uh, after three months, I was invited to a meeting to talk about youth group and what they want to do in youth ministry as an advisor, as someone who had some experience. And I walked out of that meeting as the youth leader. <laughs> and, and let me just say, where I was, I was planted in a safe church that put up with some pretty crazy things that this youth leader did. Um, you know, I'm if you're looking for your wooden pews, some of them were burnt on the bonfire over there um, at a youth night, you know, and, and there were all sorts of things done that I'm not going to admit to um, now. But it was a safe place. 
I was planted in a safe place. And the church nurtured me. And the then pastor, Lindsay Smith, nurtured me. And I grew up to be this, to actually be a senior pastor who's actually trying to sow back into the wider, wider Baptist Union of Victoria because of beginnings like this. And I need to thank this community for that. And hopefully the Baptist Union is a, is a benefactor because of what this community offered me. And that's, you know, before a lot of your time, not everybody's time, but before a lot of your time. But that's the foundation. So when God asks Adam and Eve, where are you? It's not just a physical question. It's a spiritual question. You know, if Joe Belusoff and I go way back and I was a bit of a landscaper back in the day and he was a bit of a slack labourer um, <laughs> for me. Uh, I had to get the whip out constantly to get him, keep him working. But, you know, I was a bit of a landscaper. I know a little bit about gardens, not much, honestly. You know, and a lot more about paving and other things, but a little bit about gardens. But where you're planted is so important. It is so important. You, you, you look at a plant on the top and that will show you what its roots are doing. I planted a, a shrub in my mother-in-law's garden when we were living there for a while. And it was just beside the um, driveway and I watched this shrub. It wasn't hard. It did nothing. Two years later, hadn't moved, hadn't done a thing. And I said to my mother-in-law, I don't think it's going to do anything. She goes, yeah, I think you're right. She was too polite to say anything to this experienced landscaper who should have, you know. So I dug it up. And, and it looked like it had been planted yesterday with the pot, with the roots still in, like in pot shape. There wasn't one root that had sort of gone out. Nothing. It was just this, it just came up. I could have put it back in the pot, just like that, and, no, and gone back to the nursery and say, yeah, you have your plant back. And they wouldn't have known the difference. To answer that question, where are you? Where, where are your roots? What are you actually planted in? What are you growing from? I was talking to a, I need to be really careful when I tell stories about pastors, um, but I was talking to a pastor uh, this week, or I've been talking to him for a long time, and, and I didn't say this to him, but I've noticed a significant change in his demeanour and his attitude. He, he was, he's been through a really pretty ordinary time, tough ministry situation, and every time I caught up with him, it was, you know, you'd walk away going, I, I feel sorry for that church. It was tough for him. But over the last six or eight months, I've noticed this change. And he said something to me last time we caught up. He said, oh, I've stopped meeting with this person because every time 
I walked away from that conversation, I was feeling angry and pent up. See, he was planted with that person. And, and it was supposed to be a mutually encouraging relationship, but, but it wasn't. Another person's a, a Christian, but for some reason they get together and it's just toxic. They're not bad. They're not bad people. But together, it's just not working for them. And I've noticed a big difference. And I think other people will too. Where were you planted this morning? Where were you planted? You see, as Christians, we know who we are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are forgiven. We are are made whole. We are healed. We can go through all those adjectives in the Bible, all those things are in the Bible and and that's who we are. But that's only because we're grafted into the family of God. And I don't know if you know how a graft works but a a graft takes the the, the rootstock of 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 a plant and puts another plant on top of it and binds it together and it becomes one. And it gets all its strength the plant gets all the strength from the rootstock. All the strength from the rootstock. That's who we are. Because we're grafted into the family of God. Where were you this morning? Where were you with your relationship with Jesus? Where were you planted? Where do you get your nurturing from? I had the privilege of doing some character building courses at the prison down in Sale and uh, we'd go in and do a 10 week course on character building um, for, for the prisoners. It, w- it was a challenging environment. You know, you'd, you'd be talking about uh, different, different characteristics and characters and we'd, you know, for one week we'd talk about forgiveness, for example. And uh, the first time I was in there, yeah, the naive pastor who knows everything. I said, you know, like, who, who do you in your life need to forgive? You know, do you, do you need to forgive the, um, some of the, the people who look after you in this place? Well, there's a panic button on the wall that I was heading towards <laughs> as I ignited that, that verbal barrage of hey, dogs because you know, no none of them are in the room um, and I go okay this is a nerve and I push back a little bit and the people who are with me are going I'm, I'm pushing back a little bit you know but we want to we want to challenge that but, but the whole course is based on the image of this tree and we put these characteristics up on these tree on the tree but if you want to wear, if you want to bear that fruit, it's all about what's happening underneath. It's all about what's happening under the ground. You invite me to your garden today, and I'll look at your plants, and I'll say, "How can I get better fruit?" The answer is always in the roots. Yeah, you can do a bit of pruning here and there, but it's always about what you, what it's fed, where the roots are. 
You look at all the descriptions on, on the plant, I say, it likes this soil, it likes that soil, it likes to be well drained. It's all about what's happening underneath. Yeah, it likes some sun and some shade. But what's underneath? Where were you planted today? What is it that is giving you life-bringing stuff? What is it that you're drawing into your life that is going to bear the fruit of life? Because there's an old saying, rubbish in, rubbish out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. You want to bear good fruit? This is, this is pretty good fertiliser. This has got some pretty good stuff in it if we're planted in this stuff. But you know, I, got a, I think I've got a bit of ADHD sometimes because I'm, I'm sort of all over the place sometimes. And if I make a change in my life, I want to see instant response. You know, I, I weeded and feeded my lawn this week. I want to see instant change to my lawn. The next morning I want to go out and see smiles on those blades of grass and it's green, you know. It should be happy, you know. But it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. If we want to change what's happening in our life, then it takes some work and it takes some time. If we're going to change where we're planted, we're not going to see the change overnight. This pastor friend of mine didn't change overnight, but I've seen the change over months and months and months. Where were you planted? This is not a Baptist message. This is a one-point message. There's only one point to it. And if you haven't got it yet, I'll keep saying it until everybody gets it, where you're planted. Because it's easy for us to say, oh, I'm planted in church. I come to church every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Sing the songs. I know most of them. And they're good words. I, I even go to a bit of a Bible study. Or, or I listen to some worship music at home, or I, I do this. But is that where you're nurtured? Or is that just an add-in? Is that what really gives you, really gets you up in the morning? Is it really where you're planted? Because the Bible talks about that we are grafted into God's family and and, and 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know, that is, is one of those classic verses. It says, the old has gone and the new has come. Well, let me tell you, sometimes it takes a long time for the old to go. The new comes pretty quick. Jesus comes and, and changes us, but the old just hangs around. Just hangs around. Now, I don't want to mix metaphors and, uh, and, and you know, whenever you use illustrations, there's limitations. And I, I talked about graft before and, and Jesus is our graft, right? Well, I just want to look at the other flip side of that. The old of us is that, is that graftedness. I planted a, 
a passion fruit vine outside our place and it was going, it's going great guns, it was going great guns. But I had to go out there regularly because the rootstock was trying to take over and the old plant, I just had to keep on breaking it off and breaking it off and breaking it off and it would just keep trying to grow through and grow through and grow through and I would keep breaking off. And if I missed for a while, then I would look out of that passion fruit and there'd be this whole part of it that's the old, that's the old plant that's not going to bear fruit and it's just a toxic weed because, it's, because the root stock is so vibrant, that's why they use it. But it's useless. When the old is gone and the new has come, sometimes our old stuff just needs to be kept on breaking off and breaking off and breaking off and breaking off. And that's why we live in community because sometimes it takes somebody else to notice what needs to be broken off. And, and a loving conversation might go, you know, Rob, you're a little bit grumpy at the moment. Well, you're not showing a lot of compassion in that way. Or have you noticed, or do you think you should be able to forgive? And, and it, it takes a community to do that. Where have you planted? See, this, this Bible, and yours too, they're all the same, but this, you know, I don't know if you've ever been that that um, exercise where it says, you're going to be deserted on, a, on an island and you can take five things with you. You know, list the five. And all us Christians are going, you know, Bible first, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a great thing to take, but it's the most frustrating thing to take. If you take this to a deserted island and then try and live it out, it's going to frustrate the living daylights out of you because it's written to a community. Most of this stuff you can't do by yourself. It's written to a community, to a family, to a people of God. Try loving one another on a deserted island. Try caring for one another on a deserted island. Try going on a roster. No, I don't need to do that. (laughs) Try doing most of this stuff on a deserted island and it will frustrate you. Yeah, you can do a lot of it. I'm not saying... You know, just. But what I am saying is, this Christian life, where you are planted, is a community. You know, the imagery in here is about living together. Where are you planted? I think this post-COVID time, it's easy to say, well, it's all, everything's changed. If like if if we need if we need we need to do this like never before, actually plant ourselves amongst the people of God. It may look different, but we need to make sure we're planted amongst the people of God, because that that is what is going to change the fruit in your life. As you see, I'm hopeless with my notes. I better. Just check and make sure I've said all the good stuff.
because I, I wouldn't want to miss one of my best points and, uh, and, and go home and go, oh, I should have said that. There's no clock in this place. That's really scary. Anyway, that's fine. I must have at least 25 minutes to go. No. Oh, there is too. Look at that. It's right next to a light. Why would you put it there? It's not really 5 to 12, is it? You guys have set me up for success. Unbelievable. What is the time? 5 to 11. Oh, I've got plenty of time. Beautiful, beautiful. No, I'm, I'm nearly finished. I'm, that's what the preacher always says, I'm nearly finished. Isaiah 61 says this, because I've got to come back to the word or Joe will tell me off. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. That's our job description. Are you feeling tired? All those things are for you and me. It doesn't say the cleaning roster or anything, but all those other things are there. That's a lot of work. It goes on to say, they, the people who do that, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. See, we can't do it unless we're planted. Unless we're planted. Now, I, I don't know, this is online, isn't it? Where's the camera? For those online, don't hear me wrong that you need to get back into the building. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying to you is, if you're a regular online, make sure you're planted somehow, in some way, shape or form. It'll be different for everybody. The online space is an important space. But just like here we can be anonymous and not planted, at home the same danger is there. So if you're online and you're a regular online, God bless you. But make sure you're planted in a community somehow. And that might be an online community where you just meet online. That's fine. That's a planting but make sure you're getting some sort of fellowship, some sort of, sort of connectedness with the family of God because that is so important. You in the room, just because you're sitting next to someone doesn't mean you're planted with them. If they can't speak into your life and you can't speak into their life, then that's not a planting. That's like a, you know, a punnet and it's about to be separated in a nursery, you know, all in separate pots. You need to be able to 
speak into one another's lives? Who is it that speaks into your life, encourages you? Who do you speak into? That is what's so important. Where are you planted? The sermon I'm going to preach on Sunday is going to be talking about the fact that we need to be receiving and giving. And, and, and we look at that from an age point of view, but it's not. It's because I walk around too much, sorry. My, my son, my eldest son, is, the sen- is my senior pastor. It's pretty unique. So it's not an age thing. He feeds me. I learn from him. And I give him a few words of wisdom back. Some, some he listens to and some he doesn't. That's okay. you know. But it's not an age thing. Don't think, oh, I've got to find someone who's older and mature. And find someone who you can give to. Now, now, let me tell you my journey and I'm going to finish with this. And, and I hope the youth pastor at sale never sees this and no one ever contact her okay she emailed me this week and she's she's been she was a youth member at sale i've watched her grow up um and and change and blossom and i have regularly said to the sale sale church this is one of my spiritual heroes the way she has developed and grown and ministered and loved people and she emailed me this week and says, Pastor Rob, you know how you were talking to me the other day about you've still got a passion for young people? Do you want to come along on Friday nights and, and be a youth leader and sort of run a Bible study for young people or, or do something? And as a 62-year-old, I'm going, I don't think anyone from young people. I think I'm too old. But, but, but God's challenging me. Like, yeah, I give of myself, but I don't speak into individual lives that often. I share with pastors regularly, but it's not quite the same. And maybe, Lauren, just maybe, I'm not saying yes or no, just in case she's watching, that's what God's saying to me. Now, we should never... We should never say we're too old, too busy, too this, too that when God gives us a challenge. Where am I planted? I'm planted at sale. I'm a part of the whole union, yeah, but I'm planted at sale. So I've got to be giving into that. And what, what does that look like for me? Is my challenge. What's God saying to you? What's God asking of you? You want to change the fruit? Change where you're planted. Change what's feeding you. That's what will change you. God is pursuing you to overcome. Let him catch up and let him change you. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God that loves us. That you are a God that created us, moulded us and equipped us. And you call us into a life 
of community. Father, I pray that as we go this week, that we'll have time set aside to look at that question where we're planted. What it is that we are drawing wisdom and strength and insight from. And Father, if we need to make some changes in that area, give us some insight, give us the courage and the strength to do that. Father, may you help us to live out what you say to us from this Bible in our community. And Father, may we hear your voice prompting us this week to tweak those changes that need to be changed so that we can grow in you and change in you and bear the fruit that you call us to bear. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.